Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Damien and Tyler. On today's podcast, we discuss a film celebrating its 30th anniversary, Point Break. Rock and roll! 27 banks in three years. Everybody break! Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook! Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Keanu Reeves. You think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigo! Damien, let me ask you a question right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Is Point Break a perfect action movie? I don't think I can say yes to that. Tyler? No, it's not the perfect action movie. It's a perfectly entertaining action movie, but it's not perfect. What makes it not perfect? Um, bad acting that uh, doesn't bother me, but it's poorly acted in a, in a big way. Um, that's what comes to mind first. Okay. So, so in your mind... Something like Die Hard or Speed would be a perfect action movie, right? Yes. So those movies have perfect acting in them? Nope. Okay. It's they're uh it's hard to hard to quantify. Okay. Um well, let, I can't say for let sure. Let me ask you why. Let me let me let me say why I'm asking this question. So Die Hard is what I think is the pinnacle of action movies, right? And we've talked about Speed. Speed is right there. I consider Point Break right there too, right? They're not Die Hard, but they're close to it. The reason I think that they're all so close to each other is they're both, or all three of them are original premises at that point. Like Die Hard at that point when it comes out is a one of one. Speed is a Mm -hmm. one of one. Point Break to this day is still, to me, a one of one movie. Like there's never been another movie that has this premise, not even close. You take away the remake, right? Because that's using the same formula. Nothing else is bank robbing surfers. So that's why I think, does it have some performances that aren't great? Sure. But I don't think it detracts from the movie at all. Where I don't think some of the performances in Die Hard are the best, but they don't detract from the movie. Speed is probably the one that's acted the best of the group. Because you only really have a handful of actors who are Mm. commanding screen time. Yeah. Damien, why is why is Point Break not a perfect action movie? Uh I mean the, yeah, I think there's just too many too many problems between the acting um being really bad, the fact that it's pretty corny, there are a lot of cheesy moments. Um let's see, the fact that there it's it's almost comical how it's supposed to be set in Southern California. And you can very clearly tell it is not in Southern California, uh, but through most of the movie, and then throughout the very end when they say they're in in Australia, and it's very clearly not in Australia. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. Okay. There's just a bunch of yeah, a bunch of that stuff. I mean, I think we might have a lot of disagreements on this because I don't think that the movie is poorly acted to the point where it takes it takes you out of it, and I really don't think it's cheesy. It's a lot of quiet. I, I, a lot of quiet right now. I think it is. I think there's some dialogue, some of the lines, the, and just 
just uh, maybe not the overall vibe that's corny, but there there's certainly some parts that made me just be like, uh, nah, that doesn't do it for me. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get into this then and talk about it because I think we're going to disagree on a lot of stuff. All right. All right. This might be my favorite synopsis we've ever, re- ever done. I've ever read on this podcast. You guys ready for it? An, I am. An FBI agent goes undercover to catch a gang of surfers who may be bank robbers. <laughs> who may be bank robbers. Yep. That's it. Damien's drinking water thinking it was going to be another sentence or two. No, it's that. It's, uh, I don't know, 15 words. It's pretty tight. I mean, that's yeah. what the movie's about, right? That's Maybe. true. We've talked about a lot of old movies on this pod. Never has something made me feel older than this movie coming out in 1991. It doesn't feel like it's that old for some reason. It's not like over the top in fashion. It, right. it doesn't feel like a period piece. But then you realize like, as I'm writing it out, I was going to write 25 because I was just thinking it's 25 years old. Not that that would really make a difference, but 30 feels so much different. We've been alive a long time watching movies for a long time. It oh. feels old to me. Like watching it? it, it feels old. Like what part? Besides, like the cars. The cars feel incredibly old. The cars, yeah. The cars feel really old. And then, I think the whole like Southern California surfer bro thing. It feels. It feels very nineties to me. That's still a pretty big stereotype, though. Like, have you not heard Rob literally do a California? what he perceives as like a California accent on this podcast. And he still sounds like one of Bodie's like crew still yeah, to this that, day. That's the like exaggerated California, you know, surfer accent. Sure. But that's what I'm saying. That's like, that's what people still have the, the preconceived notion that California sounds like. But living there as you guys have and yeah. me being around there enough, you know that that's not reality in a large way. Yeah, I know some dudes who are, who are similar to this, though, in high school. For sure, but you were in high school 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I got to imagine there's still some burnout dudes that sound like this. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Of course, there's, there's going to be some people who sound like this. But anyway, it just feels dated to me. Like if you're walking around L.A. or even at one of the beaches, you know, Manhattan, you know, et cetera, wherever, where they're supposed to be set, um, you know, the majority of people don't sound like this and they don't look like these guys who all have the ridiculous long hair um, and sure. have that very clear, like, 90s, mm-hmm. 90s white guy, I'm a beach bum. They might now, dude. Like, have you seen, like, what, what the fashion is like now? Like, have you gone to, like, an Urban Outfitters lately? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we're coming back to it, probably. <laughs> That's what but I'm But they don't, they don't sound that way. They might, dude. It's terrifying. They might. Damien, do you know who this movie is directed by? I do not. All right. A lady named Catherine Bigelow. Do you know anything else that Catherine Bigelow has directed? I do not. Come on. (laughs) If I was to tell you Catherine Bigelow went on to direct Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, you would tell me what? I don't believe you. That's who directed this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Is it? Because, again, I know you guys are, like, kind of shitting on it already. This movie is shot beautifully has really really good looking shots still the skydiving shots for instance are good looking mm-hmm. shots even mm-hmm. when it's not them it still looks good the shots of them robbing banks when you're inside the the van or the car look really good still 
the shots of like Keanu in his bed, specifically like when when Lori Petty's like he's laying up and she's like laying on him and they both appear to be nude. Like there are still shots in this movie that look great. That eight minute scene when they're running, when Keanu's when when Johnny Utah's chasing Bodie is like a, a, an amazing chase scene. I think still shot really well. So it yeah. has the bones. Like you can see how talent, I think you can see how talented the director was not knowing who it was at the time. Tyler, you're going to say, yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it has a lot of qualities there. Um, I think the one area that I felt was poorly done and maybe there, you can't do anything about it was when they're trying to get Keanu surfing initially. Mm-hmm. Um, the, waves that he quote unquote surfed um it just looked terrible and yeah. uh i thought that, that was just poorly done but i agree there was a lot of really nice things and nice shots in the movie yeah there's two things that stand out as not holding up in this movie the surfing portion of them is surfing portion is is some of the issue i have with the movie especially mm-hmm. when they're learn he's learning to surf especially when you can clearly tell in hd now it's not them surfing Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lori Petty is the real fucking standout shit performance to me in this movie. Not not believable. Her acting is terrible. I just think she was completely miscast. But yeah, Damien, is this a better movie than Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty? No, no chance. <laughs> All right. I Anybody? think that some of some of those scenes that you mentioned are there are some good scenes that are and that are shot well, but there are a lot that are pretty bad. The surfing stuff stands out as being exceptionally bad. Um, well, exceptionally, hold on. Exceptionally bad how, though? Because they're not shot bad. It's not believable, per se, but they're not, they're not like green screen or special effects. Like, those are actually people surfing. Well, sh- sure, it's not, it's not faked or it's not computer generated, but I, I still don't think that they look good. You know what I mean? Like, if you were to compare this to any other... This is granted. This is a small genre, but any other later surfing movie, the shots don't look the same way because you you can't get enough context. They're shot in a way, and that they're trying deliberately to obfuscate their faces. They're doing weird stuff with lighting, where the night surfing shots look like they were shot in the middle of the day, and you can see the sun, but they put an ND filter over sure. lens, so it's just like four stops darker or underexposed. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like a there's... movie like Blue Crush, right? I don't know if you've ever watched Blue Crush. That was the the Michelle Rodriguez. Um, who's the lead in that? Kate Bosworth. Thank you, Kate Bosworth. Has any, have you guys either one of you watched that? I saw it once when it came out. Okay, so they CGI'd the actors' faces on bodies of surfers in that movie, mm-hmm. and it's pretty evident. So like. That is terrible to me. This sure, doesn't, that... but I'm with you. Like some of the choices, like where they're surfing at night and it's clearly like dusk doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Either you guys know who was originally um, supposed to be directing this. Supposed Tyler? to be directing it. Yeah. So originally, originally the, the, idea and the script was passed around got bought in 86 and had a director attached to it either of you guys read who that was Mm-mm. Uh, i'll guess Catherine bigelow's husband james cameron so james cameron produced this but that was not mm-hmm. who it was james cameron ended up buying it and then mm-hmm. said hey you know 
Catherine Bigelow should direct this. Ridley Scott was mm. originally attached to direct this. Damien, I know you're not great with names. Are you familiar with Ridley Scott's yes. catalog? So yeah, this Alien, would be a very different movie. Yeah, Alien, Gladiator, Blade Runner, The Martian, Thelma and Louise. Like, I can keep going. Yeah. Okay. Anybody know who was originally offered to play Johnny Utah? I did see a couple of names there, and I, if I remember correctly, one was Johnny Depp, which blew my mind, hmm. uh, so and then Charlie Sheen. Anything I would imagine that Keanu Reeves was up for in the late 80s, early 90s, Johnny Depp was as well, but I've never seen anybody more unathletic than Johnny Depp. Dude just really? seems like he can't do anything athletic. Hmm. So Matthew Broderick was originally, Ooh. I think, hmm. offered and accepted, and I'm not sure what happened. Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, and Charlie Sheen. Does wow. anybody want to see Ferris Bueller in this role? No. 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 Okay. That said about Johnny Depp, you know, Keanu Reeves, as much as I love him, he, you know, watching this guy run, it He's is. He's got a weird gait. Painful. <laughs> it is painful. Like He's got like a weird. Like, he doesn't know how. Like this yeah. move. He <laughs> like, seems like, like the least athletic person. Maybe ever. He looks like his 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 lower half is like on one vibe and his torso is on another. Yeah. Like he's got like a ball joint in it and it's just not working right. Bless Even today. I mean, we've talked about it when we watched the John Wick movies. For sure. Yeah. He's got a weird fucking gait. Absolutely. Has anybody ever looked better in a t-shirt though? Than Keanu Reeves? Look, I'm just, I'm going to go full like man crush. Has anybody ever looked better in a t-shirt than, than Johnny Utah in this movie? I could probably wet, come up wet, with some. Wet, oh, go ahead, Dad. Sorry, I was just gonna say the wet T-shirt too. You know, for sure. I've seen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've never had more of a man crush on any person ever than Johnny Utah. Yeah. Damien's really thinking right now. Yeah, I'm, the <laughs> problem is I'm so bad with names. Like I could, I could maybe come up with some pictures of <laughs> actors in my head, but the man is right. super svelte and he looks great. He looks great. Great head of hair too. Oh yeah, hair is amazing. Original title of this movie. Would either of you guys go watch a movie called Johnny Utah? No. Would either one of you go watch a movie called Riders on the Storm? Sure. Okay. Both of I, those were... Originally, this movie was was when they cast everybody was going to be called Johnny Utah. And then it uh, went from Johnny Utah, which everybody was like, how does that... It's the main character. We get it. This isn't Indiana Jones. What is, what is what does Johnny Utah have to do with the with the plot of this movie? Because it's about bank robbing surfers. Mm-hmm. It's not about Johnny Utah. Uh, and then Riders on the Storm. I get it, kinda. But Point Break just sounds better. Yeah, it's it's short and concise. The thing is, like, what it's referencing, I I would imagine that most people don't know. You know, the mm-hmm. reference to the sort of land body of water well you know, i think the, most people would think about the Doors song no i'm talking about point break oh got it got it got it, got it. yeah yeah i mean I, i'm a massive fan of them working in the name of the movie into the dialogue at some point <laughs> if it's done right and they do it on this in this movie yeah. so i'm in all right budgeted for 24 million dollars made 83 million it's a success mm-hmm. I think I think sure. making that much money in '91 with a relatively unknown lead actor. I mean, he wasn't even billed as the lead actor. Swayze was, but right, you know, 
Swayze doesn't come into the movie for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a success. Yeah. Damien, what does this movie have on Rotten Tomatoes for critics? Uh, I don't have the number in front of me. I feel like it was in the 70s. It was 70. Yeah. Tyler, what did it get for audience? 82. For a movie that you guys both think is shitty, you're, you're really like, you're up there. 82 I didn't say it was lot. shitty. I didn't say it was shitty. All right. 79. Plus, I know, I know that this is a very beloved movie in a lot of corners of the world. Are you country, surprised it's 70% critics, though? Yeah, that seems a little high. It's a one of one, man. There's never been a movie like this. There hasn't been since. It's fair enough. Either one of you guys, let's go with Tyler. Is this a movie about surfing or is it a movie about bank robbing? You know, one of the things you're going to ask me later, what do I wish there was more of? I kind of wish there was more bank robbing. Um, So I would say it's more about surfing. Okay. Damien? I don't I feel like there's equal parts. There's there's not a ton of surfing in the movie and the parts that are 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 unfulfilling to me. Uh there I feel like there's not much bank robbing either. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot about it, but it's not really a central point in the movie and mm-hmm. I would agree with Ty in that you know uh looking to the future, I wish there was more of that as well. Okay. Uh I consider this for some reason like way more of a bank robbing movie, like a heist movie than I do mm-hmm. surfing movie. And I think that there is a fair amount of bank robbing, not, you know, where they're planning it. They don't have those cliche moments, but yeah. the moments where they are robbing the bank, you have the, what, the two moments, you have the moment where they're watching it at the beginning, towards the beginning where, where Keanu and, or uh, Johnny Utah and uh, Pappas are like kind of watching the, the video and they're going over it. And then you have the actual, well, you have three, then you have the bank robbing yeah. uh, where they catch them. And then you have the one where, where Johnny Utah is involved. So you have three moments. You do. I think I appreciate those planning moments, um, something like Baby Driver and just all of the others where there's the process of talking out how it will go down, Ocean's Eleven type stuff as well, yeah. um, that makes those movies super enjoyable. Yeah. And then Because then you see how it's carried out, what goes wrong. Uh, so I feel like that's missing. I wouldn't even say it. I, I don't know. I just thought there was more, I guess. I get you. Like Ocean's Eleven is different, right? Because that movie's not necessarily about bank robbing. The the heist is kind of the the backdrop. It's like the catalyst to a friend, a group of friends. I don't even know what you would consider that. Um, something like The Town mm-hmm. has a nice blend of both. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would either of you guys go to the stage show that was in L.A.? I don't know if it's still happening now after COVID, where they did a live rendition of point break but they just randomly picked an audience member to be johnny utah (laughs) because they said keanu's performance is so bad they pick a random person and he just has to read cue cards the whole time (laughs) but they reenact the whole movie like a stage show like dinner dinner theater style would anybody be into that i would 100 percent do that (laughs) they might still do it well again pre-covid they were doing it the only reason I wouldn't do that is because it's my worst nightmare to be called mm, up on stage right, to participate. Right. But well, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Like, do you have to do it? I don't, I don't know. They're going to put a lot of pressure on you. I'd imagine mm. that's the whole reason people are going is like a random person <laughs> gets pulled up on yeah. stage. Okay. Um, 
but that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. All right. I have one more thing to say before we start the the categories. Has anybody read the theory that these that that Point Break and Fast and Furious are interconnected universes? <laughs> no, I'm super in for hearing how that works. <laughs> There's only one reason essentially, and it's the diner or the little restaurant that Annie works at. Mm. I'm not Annie, excuse me, that Tyler works at. So, um yeah. Lori Petty's character is the same diner that in the first Fast and Furious, Dom oh, yeah. and Brian are uh, they go to and they have like their bonding moment. So yeah. somehow people have have thought that somehow they're interconnected worlds because they have the same restaurant. Plus undercover cop, yeah. There you go. All right, that's disappointing. I thought we were going to have like a uh, Starship Trooper, Troopers level, <laughs> you know, connection. It was more just like there were two movies that used the same location. That's, that's No, but they're similar type movies to Tyler's point undercover cops heist sure it's ridiculous acting like there's but there's nothing to connect the two universes there's just an overlap in this one narrow piece of the movie sure sure maybe maybe dom is war child's like son no i'm I'm (laughs) out i'm out they look similar do they do i'm out all right i mean fucking war child it's not (laughs) We're going to get to him. Fucking war child. It's not all going to be Total Recall, Starship Troopers level interconnectivity, Damien. That's what I'm here for, though. I'm here for that deep level, like, conspiracy, like QAnon level conspiracy of how these two worlds were connected. <laughs> and what you gave me is they were shot at the same restaurant. <laughs> no, but not just shot. There's, there's some similarities to the type of movies. But yes, shot at the same place. I would know. be very disappointed if somehow they were actually connected or someone was to able, able to connect that because we all know how I feel about Fast and Furious mm-hmm. and we all know how I feel about this movie. So I would be I would be upset if that was the case. The first Fast and Furious movie is good. I mean, it's enjoyable. Yep. It's definitely not good. You can say it's it has some enjoyable spots. It, it has some really cringeworthy spots though. And it, the fashion is offensive. My early guy, 2000s. one of the guys, one of the guys is early 2000s, the worst time of fashion. Yes. One of the guys wears a mesh t-shirt the whole movie. <laughs> I'm just a mesh t-shirt. I think that if I look closely now, I think Damon's tank top is mesh. Yeah, you can, <laughs> there's a little, you can see through it. It doesn't, a little bit of nipple. It doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. <laughs> and I can't fuck around with anybody. It, okay. This movie has Anthony Kiedis in a role that makes me happy every time. <laughs> Fast and Furious has jaw rule. It's to this day the Monica meme holds up though. <laughs> sure. I also you know how I feel about Vin Diesel too. I cannot fuck with Vin Diesel. Like at all. At all. If I have to hear him say me familia in one more fucking movie, I'm fucking Stop watching him then. Man. I don't watch him. I don't watch him. But every trailer, it's he says it in every trailer. Uh. You didn't have all that baggage, though, with the first one, though. Like, now you have the That's baggage. True. For the first That's one, true. it was enjoyable. It was just like, yeah. okay, like, he fit the character I can't perfectly. fuck with him, though. You know, I, I just can't, I, like, I just, I've never been able to get down with Vin Diesel. God, you just carry so much baggage with you throughout life. No, there, there's actors you don't like. There's actors you don't like. Come on. Just. There are 100% <laughs> actors you see, and you're like, I'm not going to watch it because they're in it. Heavy. All right. <laughs> Is Vin Diesel a good actor, Damien? Oh, that's a different podcast. Um, if is I Vin get... Diesel an enjoyable actor? Uh, now I would say no. Ever? Uh, I mean, like we just said, I enjoyed him in Fast and the Furious 1. 
No, you said you enjoyed Fast and Furious 1. You didn't say you enjoyed him specifically. Well, I enjoyed... I said I said that he was perfect for that role in the first one before you had all the baggage of the rest of the Fast and Furious movies, which... which Pitch took Black? A nosedive. That's, the, that's what I was thinking. Was like, I was thinking that in Chronicles of Riddick. I couldn't remember which yeah. one came first, which I think was... Pitch Black. Chronicles Pitch Black, of Riddick right? is terrible. Yeah, Pitch the Black first one good. is what I was thinking is, is yeah. better. But Iron Giant? Like oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. There you go. There you go. But it's just the voice. It's not his stupid face. Looks like a thumb. <laughs> you are so critical of how people look no 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 i'm not between I'm him saying, and the rat face kid yeah don't forget lin-manuel miranda don't forget lin-manuel miranda either that, that poor child i'm not critical on how he looks it's an observation he looks like a rodent you are god you were superficial listen, listen real quick it's not superficial it's an observation if Vin Diesel is an actor, an actor, okay? He looks the same in every fucking movie. He acts the same in every movie. His stupid face, he doesn't ever look different. That's my issue with him. Looks, what? sounds, the same. Not, he doesn't even, like, have a hair. He doesn't even have, like, a wig on in any movie. He just is the same in every movie. That's my problem with Vin Diesel. Could you, you imagine? So if, if Vin Diesel wore wigs, you'd be okay with it? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if he, is if, if you're going to be... This is my problem with a lot of different actors. If you're going to be an actor, act. Don't just be yourself every fucking movie. You like plenty of people who are themselves in every movie. I'm sure I, I'm sure there are people. Like who? Yeah. Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling is not himself in every movie? He plays the same type of guy in most movies. No. Yes. I mean, this isn't the podcast, for this, but that's absolutely not true. Mm. he's not the same person in driver as he is in, in La La Land as he is in nice guys. Those are all different variations of characters and they don't even look the same. He's a very, he's a very understated anyway. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Is he understated in, in good guys? I didn't say every movie, but Got it. the point is, if more people looked less like they look in real life in movies and had wigs, they'd be okay. No, I'm saying that I enjoy actors who try to actually act more. Yeah. If there's For a movie instance, that comes out that Vin Diesel is wearing a wig in, I'm 100% in. <laughs> there absolutely is. There's one where I believe he played a lawyer and he has a fucking hairpiece and it's awful. I mean, that's like, have you ever seen The Rock with a hairpiece? How terrible would that be? Yeah, I'd be super in. Now, granted, The Rock and Vin Diesel have the same shtick. Who is more charming? Between the two of them? Correct. Yeah, The Rock, no question. No, no. So that's where, that's where I differentiate because I find him more charming. How is this getting into a deep dive on what I think about Vin Diesel? You know who I enjoy in Fast and Furious? Uh, Paul Walker, R.I.P. Enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Charming. Oh, for sure. Likeable. Yeah, he's great. Saying. All right. We good now? <laughs> Tyler, don't please don't ever compare Ryan Gosling to fucking Vin Diesel, please. I didn't compare the two at all. All right. Son of a bitch. All right. Most watchable scene. You guys are going to laugh. I think this might be the most scenes I've ever had in any pod. God. I enjoy a lot of these scenes. All right. Let's there, hear. there are a lot of shorter scenes, but I enjoy them. Opening credits. We talked about it. I enjoy it. 
I think that is some of the best surfing in the movie is the opening scene because you don't know they're not trying to be, oh, this is, you know, Keanu Reeves surfing. They're not trying to hide who it is actually surfing. And then you have it cut with Johnny Utah at the firing range. I'm in. And I'm I'm going to, I don't know how to quantify this, but if I was to say the top five gifts I ever send out, it's 100% in the top five, Johnny Utah giving the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Fantastic. Just gives the thumbs up every time. Damien, I'm sure I've sent that one to you. 100%. All right. Next scene, Johnny Utah's first day at the uh, LA FBI office. Because that's, that's, you know, you get the whole, the dynamic of, uh, of Harp. Has there ever been a more cliche, like, cop yeah. boss than Harp? Right. John C. McGinley? The, 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 great, the great line of the uh, young, dumb, and full of cum? <laughs> oh, God, that's cringy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that's funny, at least? Blue Flame special? I, okay, so I... I meant to look this up afterwards and I couldn't remember if I wasn't paying attention to something or what, but I, the whole blue flame thing passed over my head. That's what he says at the beginning. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't understand that. What, like, what is he talking about? I mean, urban dictionary. It. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I've seen some dark shit on the internet. And if I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen that, I just, I don't know if I want to go down that path. All right. Next scene is the football game at night. Keanu Reeves like crop shirt makes me uncomfortable. I've never I've never seen a dude wear like a crop shirt and been okay with it. It's just weird to me. Tyler, I want to ask you a question about that scene specifically though because you like the sports ball. How long of a field on the beach are they playing? Like how, how many yards is it? Because fucking Johnny Utah sheds five blocks, right? <laughs> and then somehow gains like 20 yards on Bodie and tackles yeah. him in the water. In I mean, sand. That's... Barefoot. Yeah. What are they playing? Two hundred yards? <laughs> it's, it sure seemed like it. Plus, no one playing beach volleyball ever blocks downfield for for anybody. So you know, it was, it was I, a bit uh, it's a bit much. But we've fun. all we've all played like you know two hand touch football. I think yeah. especially as kids, yeah. nobody played. There's no offensive or defensive line. Like, come on. <laughs> right. There's yeah. the five Mississippi or ten Mississippi or whatever. You got they one have rusher, like three right? people playing. Yeah, they have like three people playing offensive defensive line. <laughs> yeah. He sheds five. I count. I rewound it and counted it. Five blocks, <laughs> two impressive. different cuts. Five blocks uh-huh. with a bum knee. Right. All right. Next scene: Johnny versus Warchild's crew. Like quintessential eighty or nineties corny like action shit right there. Loved it. It's the best. Yeah. What? My question is: How much like respect does Bodhi have in like the surf the surf game in the greater like socal area where he just gets these dudes to stop fighting just because he shows up and he's like oh he's with me that's clout man that's what they damien, call clout these days for sure damien you ever get that much respect anywhere no i get that respect nowhere nowhere <laughs> that was like, also cringy to me. No. was it yeah it was cringy to me because i don't know patrick swayze the way he it was two things, I feel like. The whole, that whole scene feels very dated to me. The way they shot it, they do the, like, up close, and each one of those guys is, like, looking into the camera, and yeah. it feels like a 90s thrasher skate video to me, like, you know, that kids <laughs> film themselves. Does uh, it? And then the way that, you know, Bodhi comes in, and he's like, <laughs> maybe it's Warchild in his stupid name, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, Back off, war child. He's with me. <laughs> I, I would like to think that 
Patrick Swayze gives the the line a little bit more like, you know, you, you believe it a little more than no, you just I think I nailed it. it. <laughs> You're no Patrick Swayze, dude. That's true. I'm certainly not going to debate that. But that line, I feel like I nailed. Got it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, next scene is raiding War Child's house, which is like almost the next scene. Not right after, but it's close to it. How is it that in this movie, the one person that wrecks more people than anybody else is the naked lady in the shower? <laughs> right. She fucking wrecks Johnny Utah. Yeah. Wrecks. Shoves, like, smashes his head in the mirror. Then she stabs the other fucking <laughs> FBI agent in the back like a hundred times. She's naked. Doing work. Like, who's this lady? Yeah. I thought that same thing. This dude, FBI agent, D1 football player. Yeah. Just gets fucking Wrecked. slammed. <laughs> by a lady who's slippery yeah. <laughs> and she's butt ass naked <laughs> butt ass naked and yeah. literally smashes up on him and then takes his head cocks it back and smashes it into the fucking the, the mirror then somehow gets a knife and stabs another dude <laughs> I'm just saying wrecking dudes these other four clowns in War Child's crew nothing Right. this lady takes out two people like Johnny Utah just get he gets owned this whole movie like everybody owns that kid it's true all right yeah. next scene is hey, uh no, i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say you, you're i just this just occurred to me your comment earlier of being uncomfortable with johnny utah and his crop shirt that you've never seen before yeah sean astin in 51st states <laughs> has the double has the combo the crop yeah. mesh, mesh shirt yeah and a list yeah and Lisp. Yeah. God, he was amazing in that movie. <laughs> he gives one of the best lines where he tells Adam Sandler that he's going to kick his ass. And then his dad's like, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, I thought, I thought you were going to do it. Like, I'm, <laughs> at, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's one of the best. Yeah. Um, real quick before we move on to the next scene. The, you guys are probably going to laugh. I don't know if you feel the same way. The lawnmower portion of that scene still, like, stresses me mm. out. Because mm. it, it feels like it's practical. I know it's not like that dude's face is not really next to a lawnmower, but it feels like it. And it stresses me out. There's a level of like somebody making you do something you don't want to do, but you really can't do anything about it because they have, you know, the advantage, the the angle, something. And it it is uncomfortable to me. Nobody else feels that same way. Yeah, it's it was more intense than I remember watching it the other night. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, it, it, I had the same kind of reaction to it. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's stressful. The thing that I thought, because I was trying to think, like, why is this so stressful? It's so simple. Um, but it they hold the shot so long. Mm, it yeah. feels like yeah. one of those dreams where you're trying to run, but you can't. Sure. Uh, and you're, or you're, like, going through sand or water or something like that. Because he's just sitting there, like, above the lawnmower. And it's just like, just fucking move or push yeah. the lawnmower out of the way. And at no point, you don't want to get owned by a dude named Warchild. Like, you don't want to be in the obituary that comes out in the newspaper, which doesn't happen anymore. You don't want to be like, dude got killed by Warchild. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> All right, next scene is, I just put the assured trust bank, because that's obviously when they realize, like, who each other are. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I still think that's, like, one of the classic all-timer, like, action scenes to me. It's eight minutes long. It doesn't feel like it's too long. It feels like it's just right. You have like the gas station flamethrower bit, which I, I think looks amazing because, again, they're not using special effects. Um, 
just a foot chase in general, I think is, is a fun take on like the chase instead of just being in cars the whole time. Mm-hmm. You have the shot mm-hmm. where she fucking, they throw the dog at each other. <laughs> right. Right. And That's then you have the cliche, the cliche, you know, can't take the shot. So I shoot into the air a hundred times. Mm-hmm. They even make reference to it in hot fuzz. I didn't know until today that that's not actually Patrick Swayze in the in the fucking in the Reagan mask during that scene. Yeah. That the, he was fit, he was doing press for Ghost, so that's his stunt double oh. the whole time. And I feel his eyes less look like it. And that that's that is that portion oh, is, okay. but the scene the chase scene is not. And and oh. I'm just I'm disappointed. Yeah. It takes a little he bit would away. Take that on. Yeah, he did almost all his own stunts in this movie. Yeah. So I'm a little disappointed that I read that. This is when I'm I'm not happy with myself on the podcast. <laughs> All right, three more scenes, guys. First skydiving scene. Because you... I think that's a very cool dynamic of what they did is because at that point, they, they're alluding to like maybe they... Like Bodie, that wasn't Bodie and he doesn't know. And then you have this interesting like cat and mouse dynamic. And I think both actors play it off well, the whole skydiving dynamic. You've never seen that in a movie where they have now found out that who each other really are, but you have to trust that he's not going to kill you by not packing your parachute right. I just think that's a, a, a an interesting dynamic. My question would be, though, is why don't they just kill Johnny? Like, what is the motivation of Bodie and his crew at that point? Is it purely like adrenaline? Like the the added addition of knowing that the FBI is actually onto you? Is that why they don't kill him? It'd be just simple to kill him, right? You'd think so. I think I thought at one point they were going to, and trying to think back to my early viewings of the movie, that they needed him, that they were going to set him up um, to be a part of the of what, the last heist, and then he's culpable, you know, he's guilty by association, whatever, he's an accomplice to a bank robbery, and so that's sure. why they kept him string, strung along. But they really have no, they don't necessarily have any proof at that point, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Besides well, them visiting, the, they, they visited the bank the day before, but besides that, it's all circumstantial. Like, they don't have yeah, actual yeah. proof that it was him. Right. Yeah. They never take off their masks. True. Damien, you're awful quiet. You, had, you didn't put this much thought into Point Break? <laughs> for, this, for that particular thing, maybe not. I was trying to think about it in real time, but then I think I just got lost in the different scenes. I don't... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That doesn't, it doesn't make complete sense to me. The only thing that I quickly chalked it up to is it's not Bodhi's style. Okay. Two more scenes. So then you have the, the, I think probably the most like cringeworthy scene of the movie, even watching it last night, but I still find it in, I, I am locked in because Patrick Swayze actually is doing the skydiving and it's when they jump out of the plane after each other, right? Mm-hmm. When he, Keanu jumps out without the the shoot on that's some of the worst acting in the whole movie in my opinion is that that dialogue there between them before he does it but they have that awesome shot of Swayze hanging out of the plane and he he delivers like a decent line and then he he le- he falls out of the plane that's him doing it yeah. so i'm always intrigued in that because it's i think it's that's pretty ballsy for him to do it and you don't see that a lot in movies and then the bells beach australia scene which is the climax of the movie obviously which is Obviously not filmed in Australia. Tyler, do you know where that was filmed? It's Oregon, baby. Cannon Beach. Expect yeah, the Goonies to come it. out. I know it. All right. 
Damien, why are you so anti that scene? It makes me mad. Like, I watched <laughs> that scene last night, and I was like, this is so fucking clearly the Oregon coast. <laughs> I was like, but you've seen Chunk is going to come around this is. corner. I, maybe it's because I was watching it more critically this time. I don't no. know. Um, but I was like, this is stupid. It's so do clearly you, Oregon. Do you know what Bell's Beach looks like? I didn't until I went on the internet and went... <laughs> searching and read some very colorful australian reviews of this movie which do not paint a great picture of americans <laughs> when's the last time you saw a good movie come out of australia i'm not going to comment on that uh because i don't know uh, exactly but i'm crocodile just saying dundee? I, I didn't know did that animal kingdom was that was crocodile dundee made by australians no it was Dad, made by yeah. americans but it was filmed in australia right for sure the second one Anyway, it's just <laughs> that last scene is rough. I got two questions though about the last scene, and maybe I'm diving too deep into this. Is there any symbolism with then Johnny Utah having long hair in that scene and Bodie having short hair? Uh, I th- I don't think so with Bodie. I think that Johnny is just obviously throws away his badge. He's he's given up on that life, and he's whatever silly uh mantras and uh values that Bodhi tries to preach to him seem to uh had some effect because i think that johnny's living that surfer life now and uh trying to be more like his mentor and dead friend Bodhi. and he's he's going to film bill and ted's bogus journey there you go yep damien am i reading too much into that i think you're reading too much into it why why Bodie's a bad dude, right? They don't paint him as a bad dude till the end, till that final like kind of shootout, and he's murdering people. He doesn't really care about his friends. It turns out. Why at the end does he think he has a right, or why does he believe he has a right to to get that last wave, to to be set free, to end it on his terms? Like, why does he believe that? And then why does fucking Johnny Utah? Why is he like so into his bullshit? That he he kind of grants him that last that last wish. Like I don't understand their bond. Damien, you, you you got anything on that, or am I again? Am I thinking it? Am I, am I too deep into this? It's stupid. I mean, like Bodhi's character is selfish ultimately, and so it makes it's not surprising that everything else he's done has basically been selfish because it's about him, and he he has people who come along sort of for the ride, but yeah. But like they're they're ultimately there to serve him, right? His crew are, is there because he needs the people to to help with the bank robberies. But ultimately, he's like, I'm gonna go do this thing at Bell's Beach, and and you know these people are yeah. just gonna go follow. So so yeah, that part's not surprising to me. But I think it's stupid. It doesn't. <laughs> I feel like it doesn't make any sense. Like why spend years, you know, for Johnny Utah's part, years trying to track him down, only to like put your handcuff on him and two seconds later go like, oh yeah, you convinced me. Vaya con Dios. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, got, I, got some, I got some problems with that as well. I mean, we all need a friend like Roach though, right? Like to mm-hmm. me, Roach out of his whole crew is like the most ride or die out of all of them. And I think gives the best performance of all the friends. Which one is Roach? Roach is the one who skydives and dies from the, from the gunshot wound. He's the one who's not the actual surfer. Like the other two dudes in the crew are, are professional surfers yeah. who are just like kind of actors. But Roach is the one who actually went on to like do other stuff. 
all forgettable to Damien. You can just see his head spinning right now. No, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I can, I remember seeing him, you know, get pushed out of the plane and, you know, the dude's cold because he's losing all of his blood and then he makes it to the ground. And he's just, you know, his lifeless body. <laughs> what, what I loved is that Bodie needs no convincing whatsoever that they can't actually bury the friend. He gets out of the Jeep, says, we can't leave him here. We got to bury him. Because like, no, there's no time. All right, sweet. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> happens that fast. Like, fuck it. Yeah. You're, you're, he literally you're just like, like picks up the duffel bag of cash off his yeah. homie's dead body. And he's like, let's roll. And two seconds later, he's standing out of the Jeep and he's like, yeah. <laughs> Bodie's a selfish dude. We all established that. For yeah. sure. All right, Tyler, do you have a, do you have a scene that's your favorite one of the like 12 that I said, or do you have a, a, a write in? I did like the uh, the fight at the beach. Um, Dam- Damien's perfect delivery of Bodhi's line has sullied it for me a bit, even though I enjoyed it. It was fun. But the first guy I haven't seen is um, super fun, really, really well shot. Uh, I just like that one best of all. Also, Roach gives an all-timer line on that <laughs> during that scene when you just hear him they don't show his face or anything he says this is so beautiful i love this brown rock shit like as they're <laughs> flying to the ground because you they're landing in water but the way he delivers it like go back watch it and listen for that line makes me laugh every time damon do you have a favorite scene uh it's probably the most technically complex scene which is the chase scene where they're running through mm-hmm. the neighborhood yeah that's my favorite scene yeah where do like where do the ex president masks rank in like all time bank heist like gear? At the top, it's be up there to the top, right? Yeah, pretty high. The only thing that I can think of that I I enjoy almost as much is the town when they're wearing the nun masks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's only in one scene, but the 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 ex presidents that's like an all timer. Yeah, I don't think there's anything better than that. Yep. I agree. Damien, which president would you be? Uh, that's a great question. I feel like the most lines that were given as a president is probably Nixon. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I might go with him. Okay. Like most I like how he's in character too. Like they're yeah, in the middle of robbing <laughs> banks and he's like, I'm I'm a fucking method actor. I'm gonna stay in character here. Yeah, that's Roach, by the way. Yeah. Tyler. Uh, uh, you you thought of this question in a, in a better way than I did, Damien. I was thinking like, which president, if I had to pretend to be one, which one I want to be? And Nixon's probably dead last, but um, I'd probably go uh, Jimmy Carter. Isn't it odd that Carter makes this cut though? Like they don't do would it would it have been in bad taste to do like Kennedy? No, I don't think it would have been in bad taste. There's plenty of I feel like that's a look that's mimicked pretty frequently. Yeah. I just think LBJ and Carter were the two that, you know, maybe maybe like Lincoln and Kennedy or something. They just yeah. seem the the most odd. <laughs> Imagine robbing a bank not just with the, you know, face mask but also Lincoln's top hat. <laughs> I mean, I mean if they they can do it with fucking Nixon's nose, that thing True. stuck out like 8 inches it felt like. Yeah. I don't know, I got to go with Reagan. I think Reagan maybe just cuz it's Bodie and gets the most screen time. I think Reagan's mm. is the coolest looking. Yeah. Nixon's is pretty great though because the dude is fully method and he's I'm not a crook. Yeah. And uh yeah. I don't know, LBJ is just odd to me too. Like does anybody actually think of Lyndon B Johnson? Like when when you're listing the presidents in your head like where does he come up? 
20th. Like, I don't even know how, I don't even know. It's definitely not in the top, I don't know, 20-ish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's another, uh, it's another draft pod that we'll have to do. <laughs> the presidents? Yep. <laughs> I can't, we can't do that one. It's not going to be good. There's going to be heated debates. <laughs> um, all right. What the fuck moment? Again, there's some acting parts that you're like, what the fuck? Um, there are gruesome, gruesome, violent scenes, though, in this movie. For a movie that doesn't have a ton of violence, then all of a sudden, violence. Yeah. So for sp- specifically, his name is Tone. That's Anthony Kiedis' character. When he shoots himself in the foot, it looks like he shoots his whole fucking foot off. <laughs> and yeah. Anthony Kiedis delivers that. It's not a line. It's a reaction. Pretty well. Yeah. I thought, like, pretty decently. When Bodie shoots the cop, who's the cop that is trying to uh, stop the robbery with, with Keanu, with Johnny Utah, dude, it blows, like, an eight-inch hole in that dude's chest, and it's graphic <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And then when uh, when Pappas gets killed, so when Gary Busey gets mm-hmm. killed, shoot that dude with a shotgun, like, four times, his back explodes. It's all... The, the, the murders in this movie are, to me, like, kind of brutal. Yeah. So those are all like, what the fuck? Because the movie doesn't really have that tone. Right. Damien, you got any? What the fuck moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that was top of my list is in my favorite scene, in the like chase scene through the alley. And it's when <laughs> it's when Bodie throws the dog at Johnny the Utah, bull. the pit bull. And then they like tussle for a second. And then one of them punts the pit bull. And you could, like he literally drop kicks it. As yeah, if it was Johnny a football. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and then you just hear like a... Eh! Yeah, exactly. You hear the yelp. <laughs> He's just like, th- you know, dog throw, uh, tussle, punt the dog. <laughs> the I best love- is like, think about how that has to work. Like, Bodie has to stop, right. pick up a dog he doesn't know, and wait. Wait. <laughs> and then like, there you go. Like, what if you miss? This the, is- the chase is over at that point. Like, it just seems, it doesn't seem very practical, yeah. but it kind of works. It's the waiting the guy. I was a, I laughed out loud the other night watching that because he just has to wait there for yep. him to come out the door to throw the dog. Yeah, like you, you have a good lead already. Why are you yeah. waiting? And there's no like, good way to throw a dog. No. Maybe a little dog. Maybe no. a little dog, but like that's a big ass pit bull, and he literally just like heaves it as if it's a sack of potatoes, and he's like, "Take this dog." Yeah, like how are you? Maybe you're gonna throw your back out. Yeah, I don't know. And why would he think that the pit bull who he two seconds earlier picked up and is chilling in his arms is just going to be like, you know, aggressive, uh, aggressive towards yeah, Johnny Utah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a UCLA fan. He doesn't like Ohio. No, that doesn't work. Because I was going to say Johnny Utah didn't play for USC. Anyways, bad joke. <laughs> Maybe this, it was the weight. Maybe it's like this is a heavy ass dog. And that's going to th- I don't know, dude. It doesn't it works for the scene. But if you think about it realistically, yeah. it doesn't work. No. All right. Tyler, you got any? Yeah, too. Um, I I think it's funny whenever I watch that it's a bare ass that makes Johnny realize who the ex-presidents are <laughs> when they're out surfing and he sees the guy's ass. He's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It, that's what makes it click. That's just, uh, it's funny. I'm a little uncomfortable, again, in HD when they sp- they stop on the dude's ass. They they pause the video when he's robbing the yeah. bank. You can see butthole, <laughs> and I'm uncomfortable on 65 inch yeah. uh, HD 
you know, upscale the 4K on my TV and they pause and I just see this grown man's butthole. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. I don't need to see that in any movie. Nope. So that could be a what the fuck moment. My other one is maybe one of the biggest what the fucks I've ever come across is when Bodhi decides to go into the vault on this last heist because there are 30, 30 robberies in three years and they're so successful that they're not even on the run. They're living out in the open in the community that they're doing these bank robberies in. Yep. And, and then he just decides without telling anybody we're going to the vault. What the fuck is he thinking? He's a terrible person. Yeah, but a terrible person who is successful doing what he does and, and, and robbing these banks in a way that makes him live the life he wants to live. What, we don't even get any kind of hint that that's what he would do. Why is he doing that? Yeah, my only my only thought is that at that point he's kind of spiraling into let me show I have the ultimate control and I can still do this and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Cuz they he almost get they almost get away with it, right? Almost. If not for the police, if not for the 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 cop who's in the bank, the the other cops don't show up, so they would have gotten away with it. True. But I mean, two of his guys died there. The other one right. died later. So it uh, but I I don't think they gave any he's spiraling maybe or, or like what well, you said that he wants to show he's got total control. I don't think that he's that type of character up to that point where he's yeah. sure he's saying, you know, come follow me. We're going, we're doing this. So people are following him. So he does have control, but not in the way that makes him, um, oh, what's the word? I can't think of it. But anyway, careless Whenever, and reckless, careless yeah. and reckless in that, in those types of moments. Everything I think about, him as a character because I enjoy Bodhi as a character. I think mm-hmm. that that is an interesting uh, villain because he's almost the anti-hero at mm-hmm. that point. At mm-hmm. some point in the movie, you don't know who to who to root for. Yeah. At least that's how they pitch it, and that's kind of how you feel. I think that he's strictly just an adrenaline junkie, and mm-hmm. all of his decisions are based on that. And it's it's okay. We've robbed thirty banks. Like at some point, that that high starts to diminish right so now i have a cop with me i have an fbi agent with me and i'm still going to do it and guess what now we're going to do the vault as well so maybe it's just him increasing his his high so to speak and he doesn't care what happens to his friends which i don't know that those are all his friends i think he references the one the younger kid who's the one who dies in that shootout his only one dies in that shootout not two he references him as his brother so I don't know if it's just like metaphorically, oh, that's my yeah. brother, or that's actually his brother. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. Damien, again, Damien's just like, you guys are thinking about this too much. Yeah, I, you guys are going way too deep. It's just bad writing. <laughs> it's not bad writing. I think it is. It, it, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, they right. don't, it's, it's, not, it does, it's not in line with anything else in the movie or his character that what they've given you. It's, so you don't think what I'm saying makes any sense? I would say that as a blanket statement. Awesome. <laughs> no, no, I I get it. Like, I, you know, he's, you know, he wants an additional layer of complexity and danger for some to keep upping up the adrenaline. But like that in itself makes sense. But it's not in line with everything else they've given us, which is they've done 30 of these successfully. You know, like Tyler was saying, they they have um, a process. It's worked. Yeah. They have this ultimate goal of getting to Australia, and they're just funding it. That's yeah. all we know. Right. We, there's been no 
implication that he's been ratcheting up the intensity because he's an adrenaline junkie with the bank robberies. Yeah. I don't even think that we know that that's the ultimate goal is just to get to Australia. That's just like one of the stops, right? The ultimate goal, he he essentially says it when he goes on his monologue when they're sitting at, and around the campfire, is he just wants to stick it to the man. He's doing what he's doing to make sure that the people to remind the people who, who are sitting, he said, sitting in their like metal coffins, right? Going to work that there are still people alive. So that's almost like where he's, and that's where they're trying to paint him as like some almost Messiah where he's trying to like live the ultimate life for people who are living this mundane life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get that a little bit, but, but they go pretty heavy into the 50 year storm. It's going to happen in his lifetime sure. and he's going to be there. Like, yeah. So it, it feels like the buildup is for that. But they that's put, the motivation. That's the, they're laying the breadcrumbs so that you know that that's where Johnny's going to find him at. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that's the, the means to an end. I think the means to an end is he's selfish and he wants to just continue to live the lifestyle he's living. And to do that, he needs to fund it by, because how much money are they possibly robbing? How much money are you getting out of the fucking bank tellers? Like mm-hmm. cash registers, the drawers, not much. Split four ways, you know. Right, and I, I think that government spiel he goes on that that only takes up like ten seconds. It's not like that's a theme that they're revisiting. So I do think it's just this. Random... So is the Bell's Beach thing. Well, but that's like you said. That's that's very clear foreshadowing. What is very important to them? Sure. I think it's just it's a hodgepodge of these ideals that he has which he doesn't hold true none of them are really uh, dear to his heart so it's kind of just a um i think it is poorly written in that way but not to the detriment of the enjoyment the enjoyment of the movie yeah i think that there are the motivations of each character both he and and johnny utah are not fully flushed out yeah which we probably shouldn't expect them to be in this surfer bank heist movie yeah i mean again i think that we're for speed and speed right what are the motivations really of dennis hopper's character to just simply money no well that but also to fuck over the people who screwed him and his pension and all that right right but that's not the police that's not the same police department yeah but still yeah he in that movie he's just angry at like the 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 police organization it doesn't matter who it is he just wants mm-hmm. to get back because he feels slighted right. sure i guess what i'm saying is they, they don't have any of these like die hard obviously you know what what hans's motivations are right he's just wants the money there's yeah. that's as simple as anything that's the motivation i don't uh, it's difficult because I'm, I'm just trying to to think about it Bodhi is more complex than at least at first glance is more complex than rickman than, than Hans or Dennis Hopper in Speed, right? He's painted it in a different way. He's painted as the, the anti-hero. Like, you want to yeah. root for him. You yeah. don't ever want to root for Dennis Hopper. Like, ever. Nobody roots for Dennis Hopper. Hans, you enjoy, but I don't think at the end of the day you're rooting for him either. Right. I think you're right. I think that they're trying to make... <clears throat> they're just trying too hard to make him some something... Sure. Profound, and he's really not. So it, at the end, it's like, why, why the fuck would you do this? Why did he say this? It, yeah. There's no follow through, but anyway. But they're still, I think, to the detriment of the character, they're still trying to make him likable even at the end. Yeah. 
and you make him likable at the beginning, beginning of when he comes in. He doesn't come into the movie for like 30 minutes. And then they deviate from that when he becomes like a fucking piece of shit. I'm going to kill everybody. I don't care about my friends. And I dev- I never really felt that way until I just watched it last night trying to be more critical. Mm. Yeah. I've still always liked Bodhi all the way through the movie. And then last night I'm like, he's a pretty shitty dude. <laughs> yeah, he's an awful dude. Yeah, but I've just never really felt that way. For some reason until last night. And maybe it's because I enjoy Patrick Swayze. Yes. So I'm I'm biased about it. All right. Uh, standout performance. I, I think Keanu Reeves, for the most part, still gives a decent performance for what he's asked to do. I think that there are parts that he's not great in, but I think that some of the stuff he is, he's charming, he's likable. Um, but then there are some pretty cringy moments. But I think for the most part, I enjoy him in this movie. As a standout then, performance. Yeah. I mean, the movie, it, it's his movie, right? He's in it the most out of anybody. He has the most screen time by far. Everybody else is supporting. Everybody. Swayze included. Sure. That, the amount of time in the movie doesn't correlate to a standout performance, though. True, but the standout performance would usually be the leads because they're going to have the most screen time. Assuming they gave a standout performance. Well, I'm giving you options and then you can decide who you think is the standout performance. I'm not saying that's who gives, I'm not saying I think that I'm giving options. Okay, go ahead. So it's really him and Patrick Swayze, even though I think every, I don't know that there is another lead in this movie. So it would be hard for me to say, you know, it's more of a, who did the most with the least because everybody, nobody has a ton of screen time besides Keanu Reeves, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like for some reason I thought I thought Gary Busey was in this movie a hell of a lot more than he was until I watched it again last night. Like he's not in the movie that much. Yeah. So to me it's really either Keanu Reeves or Patrick Swayze. And I would still give it to Keanu Reeves. I think he's disqualified solely for his diatribe, his rage-filled spiel that he shouts at Gary Busey when they're out uh, casing the car in, early in the movie where he's just it's the worst bit of acting of his entire career I guarantee it um, no. have you seen Dracula nope <laughs> worst that's by far the worst acting I've ever seen probably any mainstream like A-list star give so I believe you I believe you but anyway I really enjoy Keanu in this movie um, I think for fresh off Bill and Ted's uh, this is what I would expect him type of performance. I would expect him to give something fun. I don't think he, well, I wouldn't say he's bad in this movie because um, he's enjoyable enough to make him good, but he's not good either. So to me, it's, it's let, Patrick Swayze. Let me put it in this context, Damien, which I know I'm not going to win you over, but let me put this in this context. He's 25. Johnny Utah's supposed to be 25. He is a, what would have been probably like a number one pick in the draft. NFL quarterback, so probably like a frat guy, given everything in his life, probably ultra talented his whole life, thrusted into this like power position of power now in the FBI, right? What do you think a 20, how do you think a 25 year old given like college athlete, probably given everything he wants, probably a bit douchey, like how do you think he would be in real life? What I'm trying to say is I don't think the way that Keanu is acting is really probably a stretch on how that person might actually be. 
Which is a, which then becomes like, is it even believable this person would be in the FBI? Yeah, I was just gonna say, I feel like there's so many holes that you could poke in that. Uh, I, but that's what we're given, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. That is what we're given. So who would you give it to? I mean, if I had to give it to somebody, I don't think anybody gives a standout performance. You don't um, even think Swayze does? I don't think it's a standout performance. I think I like Patrick Swayze, and I think he's good in this, and I love Keanu, but I don't think that there's a standout performance of like, this person is far and beyond above, ahead of the pack in the rest of, of the actors in this movie. If really? I had to... No. So you don't think like Patrick Swayze is, is far and away better than Lori Petty or the rest of his crew or John, John C. McGinley or any, you don't think he's better than all of these people, like clearly a better actor and giving a better performance. I think of the people in the movie, I, if I had to give, if I had to give the standout performance ribbon to somebody, it would be Swayze. Okay. But you don't think he's giving a better, uh, a head and shoulders performance better than everybody else. No, like I'm just saying, uh, like the question. If the question is a standout performance, Mm -hmm. then I don't think that anybody gave a standout performance particularly. If you're saying these are the only people that we're looking at, and it's a bell curve, somebody has to pass and somebody has to fail, then yeah, sure, he's going to be in the top. So he would be the standout performance. Okay, I mean, you can. I'm just giving you who the nominations that I would think, but you can give it to anybody you want. You could say it's anybody. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. Um, I, that's, that's, I find that odd because I do think that Bodie and Johnny Utah, I think both Keanu and Patrick are far and above better than anybody else in this movie. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think it's close. That's what I'm saying. If you're looking at it on a bell curve and you have to give it to somebody and you're comparing it to only the other people in the movie, then. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And sure. We're not talking about an all time performance out of like any movie ever. We're talking about this movie specifically. Well, Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Then Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Do you are you interpreting it as like I'm asking like an all timer, like in any movie ever? I think he just thinks nobody's good in this movie. So yeah, he's... like it's like if the question is like who gave who gave a standout performance, not which of the characters gave the standout performance. And I don't think anybody I, gave. I understand what you're doing. I understand what you're saying. I. Okay. Yeah, I think Bodie's even if you don't think I think Swayze's giving a great performance. For what he's asked to do, I think he's in the movie a little bit very likable for the most part, conveys what he's supposed to convey and is not on screen a bunch, but is still incredibly memorable. To that I would say back off war child. He's with me. <laughs> Everybody gives bad lines. And I think I think you're 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 being a bit um pretentious with how bad you think that line is how much wait i feel like that's not the right word i think i mean i think i think it is i think you're being a bit snobby with how you think that line was actually delivered okay (laughs) no like i think that you're thinking like this movie i'm above this movie because I don't think it's that bad. I don't think that line is given just by the way, like the the the, the tone of your voice. And everything that line is not that bad. It's pretty bad. It's written bad. I don't think it's delivered terribly. Yeah, I don't know. I do. <laughs> I have to tell you, we're like read an impasse. Tyler, uh, I didn't have a big problem with that 
line when it was delivered, but <laughs> the way that Damien is selling it and maybe exaggerating it a little bit makes me think it's the worst delivered line of all time. <laughs> like the worst delivered line in this movie is when Johnny Utah and Bodie are like yelling at each other before Bodie bails out of the fucking plane. And he's telling him like, you got what you wanted. Just fucking let her go. That little bit of 30 second acting from Keanu Reeves is fucking atrocious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like atrocious. <laughs> I don't know. Almost unwatchable. I don't think that's as bad as the, <clears throat> excuse me, the scene that Tyler mentioned earlier when he and Gary Busey are arguing you know, in LA and he's like, are you mad? Get mad. Yeah. But I think that like Busey is decent in that scene though. Yeah. Busey's a fucking psychopath in real life and and always. So it's just like, yeah, I think that's why maybe it works better for me. But when Keanu's yelling at, at, at Pat, at Swayze, Swayze's not giving him anything back. I don't think he has any lines. So it's like all I'm focusing Mm -hmm. on is like his shit dialogue and the way he's delivering it. Where Busey like I'm kind of locked into Busey in that scene because he's kind of manic and crazy and I feel like he might murder somebody. Yeah. yeah. And his teeth weird me out. That's him all the time. But that's what I'm saying. So like I'm drawn to him. And maybe I, I guess I just, I'm probably biased about it. I just know, I just, I've seen this movie so many times. I know it's false and I just know what fucking, <laughs> I know what I'm getting with Keanu Reeves, right? Like he's not significantly better or worse in this movie than he is in the Matrix, but we all will lament about how amazing the Matrix is. Yeah, yeah not necessarily about his performance in the Matrix. I think that he oh, is I very disagree. well suited. You and I in the Matrix pod, I think we both said he was probably the best performance in that movie. Yeah, because I think he suits like his he Keanu, who he plays. He doesn't have a ton of range. Sure, fits that character very very well. So I think he's perfectly suited. So yeah, I think he does a great job there. So you believe him more as Neo than you do a 25-year-old ex-football jock who is now trying to be a surfer? I think... Because I feel like that's who probably Keanu Reeves is in real life. Maybe. I just mean that his personality, I feel like, suits Neo as a character. So it worked. It didn't take me out of it. That's fair. I think we can all agree, like, we all think of him as Ted. Yes. And I think Johnny Utah is not that far away from Ted. Yeah. Like I think Ted, I think Johnny Utah is maybe after Ted went to college for four years. Ooh, I like that. Like, you know how they were going to send Ted to military school? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's what, that's what Johnny Utah came out as. That's the theory that I'm in for. (laughs) Like, I got a question and I'm going to ask it later. I don't want to ask it now. It's going to ruin it. But I have such a problem with why he goes undercover as Johnny Utah being named Johnny Utah. Like, why are you using your real name? It's a good question. <laughs> pretty easy to look that up. Yeah. Well, not not in 91. Well, it's pretty easy to find that out in any era, I'm sure. Yeah, why is he why is he participating in the raid on Warchild's house without a mask on, like giving away his identity? Yeah. Look, we've all agreed, we've had discussions outside of this pod that about NFL, right? And we all understand like the world beater like organization that it is. And even in 91, he played in the Rose Bowl, which at one point you got to think he's, that was probably for the national championship. He's going to be recognizable with like 75% of the country. 
you know who isn't going to work at that point as a as a deep cover FBI agent? The guy who two years ago was on national TV, potentially being a Heisman Trophy winner and going number one in the draft, right? And going as his name, like that doesn't work. Yep, <laughs> like it just doesn't it doesn't work. So like you're fucked up already. <laughs> All right, worst performance of the movie, Damien. Can we agree that somebody gives a worst performance? Uh, yeah. Okay, I only have Lori Petty. I explained to you why I thought that was the case. I think that she is woefully miscast. Like, I just don't believe her as a love interest of either Bodie or Johnny Utah. And then she doesn't particularly strike me as someone who is like probably a surfer or good at surfing because of her stature. Like, she doesn't look like someone who can even like paddle out. She's so tiny. Um, She's five I just, six. I think she appears to be really tiny, though. I don't know what her real height is, but she doesn't even look like fit. To me, you know what I'm saying, and she, they they allude to like she's a pretty legit surfer. She just looks skinny. She's five you know, eight in real life, man. I'm again. I'm just saying what she comes off on screen. I mean, Tom Cruise doesn't look five ten in his movies, does he? Mm-hmm. That that also implies that children can't surf, and that's absolutely not true. I'm just telling you how I feel. Like the 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 watching it, what I think. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you what I think. Damien, do you have somebody? I was fine with Lori Petty. Um, that said, the whole time, anytime she was on scene, I kind of just wished I was watching Tank Girl. <laughs> um, or a League of Their Own. Yeah, or a League of Their Own. A couple, we're in yeah. the Army now. Yeah, we're in the Army now. What a great movie. <laughs> yes. um, Please don't shit on this movie and then say In the Army Now is <laughs> such a great movie. Uh, Why was Polly Shore not War Child, by the way, in this movie? Oh, God, this movie would have been so much better if Polly Shore was War Child. Uh, I might, who do you got, man? I might throw somebody out. Yeah, I might just go. Maybe I'm just gonna go War Child. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of believe War Child is War Child. Yeah, I, I struggled with it for a second, but I feel like it still just wasn't a good performance. I mean, John C. McGinley as as a uh, as Harp as the the Dick. I don't know what you call it in the FBI. It's pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, he's in a different category. Okay. The two douchebag other, like, cliche, oh, these are the other uh, partners, FBI guys, who are in every cop movie ever, they're pretty fucking terrible, too. Yeah. All right, Tyler, who you got? It's John C. McGinley by a mile. You mentioned how he's, like, the most stereotypical cop boss of all time, but he is just ridiculously over the top, which he is in almost every role he's ever played. Right. Um, but he's just fucking awful in this. Why is he so aggressive to Johnny Utah on like day one? Yeah. Like what what did Johnny Utah do? He existed. Yeah, he's right. terrible in this movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Lori Petty, but John C. McGinley is going to be in a later category. And that category is the Nick Cage Award for overacting. <laughs> If John C. McGinley was a bigger actor, I would rename this category after that character. <laughs> yeah. But no one's going to know. He's pretty terrible. You know who else is terrible? A gentleman by the name of Lee, uh, what's it, Turgeson as Rosie. Oh, yeah. Like, my guy is putting his leg in the fire, <laughs> drinking whiskey and spit. Like, has there ever been a more cliche, I'm supposed to be a badass biker? And how is he, like, hanging out with this Zen master Bodhi guy? Right. Like, how does that make sense? It doesn't. What a, what a fucking terrible name, Rosie. 
Tyler, who do you, you got? You got anybody you want to add in here? Uh, every single person except Patrick Swayze. I, th- I think that for the majority of the movie, Swayze is kind of even keeled and uh, not over the top, but everybody else. Did you know that Rosie is one of the uh, camera guys in Wayne's World? Did you recognize yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, with short hair, he looks like a completely different person. Yeah, he's probably one of the, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but yeah, he's one of the Wayne's yeah, yeah. World crew. Yeah. Like one of his like four friends, right? Or three friends. Right. Yep, yep. Damien, you got anybody? No, it's, it's what's his name? The FBI chief guy. Harp? Yeah, John Harp. John C. McGinley? Yep. All right. He's real. I mean, it's a lot. That's too it's too much. Lot. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot for no reason. You talk about someone who's not given any, you don't know what his, uh, <laughs> why he's, why his motivation is what it is. They're like, why is he such a dick? He starts off the movie by telling you how successful that branch is. And then he's just a prick the whole time. Yeah. Like, calm down, dude. Like, give everybody some fucking slack. <laughs> Did anybody else think that the lady that is helping Utah find Lori Petty in the computer is a real creep? Because mm-hmm. she's she's thirsty for Johnny Utah. Thirsty for Johnny Utah, but then like when when they say that Tyler has like an indecent exposure uh, in a moving vehicle, she's like, "Oh, that's hot." <laughs> <laughs> it's just she gives off a super creepy yeah, vibe to yeah. me, and it could be because she wants to smash on Johnny Utah, mm-hmm. or she just could be fucking creepy. Could be. And I'm cre- I'm a little. She makes me uncomfortable. Is she the one that says "dirty girl"? Somebody says dirty girl, right? When they're talking about the indecent exposure thing. Maybe I just inserted that. She says hot. She says hot. Or she says like, you know how to pick them or something like that. Mm, Okay. I don't remember dirty girl. I I thought there was something like a big, well, you don't want to know about that, but. Did you watch 91 Point Break? (laughs) No, I didn't see that one. Oh yeah. 91. Sorry. The 90, whatever the later one. 2005. Yeah. That one I didn't see, obviously. Anyways, I feel like I heard that, but maybe I just. Insert it to make the movie more interesting in my head. More interesting? Like, come on, man. I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Tyler, who do you root for in the movie? Do you root for Bodie or do you root for, uh, root for Johnny Utah? Um, a little bit of both. I think you want Johnny to succeed in his new life as an FBI agent, I suppose. But Patrick Swayze is just so cool. Plus, he's got a great head of hair in this movie, at least in some parts. Absolutely. Yeah. With bangs. Right. Like, what kind of a dude can pull off bangs? Not me. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Try. Damien, who? Wait, you tried no, bangs? just kidding. Fuck. Damien, who do you root for? I mean, you can't root for Bodhi because he's such an awful dude. Mm-hmm. Um... But I don't know. I like. I have a difficult time rooting for Keanu as well. I don't. I don't understand most of his his actions and the decisions he makes. Yeah. So that one's tough. So Bodie is described as a modern savage. He's a real searcher. He's looking for the ultimate ride. Damien, when you pass away eventually, if I'm still around, I'm gonna say that about you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like that somehow it's going to be on your like I don't know I got to figure out how to put that in to like your eulogy or something I'll give you some money now and you just set it aside and buy a, a page in the paper and then you can do okay. my obituary can we put that if you're buried can we put that on like the headstone yeah 
like modern savage <laughs> modern savage that's gonna hold up well yeah dude that absolutely needs to be somebody's yearbook quote all right so next category who did the most of the least this is really simple for me and it's gary Busey. Because I literally think I think he's pretty good for what he's asked to do in this movie. He has one of the best scenes I think ever, at the you know when he's when he's talking about the meatball sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I don't know him really from any other movie. I can't if I have to stop and think. And he was nominated for an Academy Award. I can't stop and think about what else I know him for. Not for this movie, he was nominated, right? No, but he was nominated for Buddy Holly story. Oh, okay. But he was in Lethal Weapon, this, Under Siege. I just, everybody kind of just knows him as like the kooky dude who was on like reality TV when he got old, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember him from Silver Bullet, which is a movie I enjoy quite a bit. I don't even know if I know what that is. Oh, oh you good. should give it a watch. That's a good movie. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've seen it, but it's, it's cool. Like, you give me like any, give me a quick like synopsis. Uh, yeah, so werewolf movie, um, silver bullet being a silver bullet that can kill a lichen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a, um, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. He has, a, I think it's a nephew, maybe. I don't know, Tyler, okay. if you remember, but anyway, yeah. some, somebody in his family is like in a wheelchair and he's like the cool uncle who wants to help him out, mm-hmm. um, give him some freedom. He builds him like a really cool wheelchair. That's motorized. Uh, and then the story is basically about, like, you know, them killing this werewolf that nobody believes the kid. Right. Yeah, the kid is the one who's convinced that it's the, the werewolf it's like, who's killing all the people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good movie. It's a Stephen King book. Yeah. It, it sounds like Fright Night, mm. but Fright Night being vampire-based, where there's something happening, and there's a vampire who lives next door, and there's a bunch of people dying, and the kid who lives there thinks is the only person that thinks it's vampires. I mean, I'm not saying they're the same movie, but that's kind of what that sounds like a little. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Anyway, that's, right, well, that's what I remember to... him from. And his teeth, right? You just remember. <laughs> yeah. He has a very distinct face. Same with his son. Yes. yes. I mean, Ace. those teeth are, those teeth are genetic, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I always thought Gary Busey had fake teeth, but apparently not. <laughs> Anybody read that article that he like died before this movie essentially because he was in a terrible motorcycle accident Mm-mm. and had like serious brain injury and this was the first movie he made coming back from that? Wow. Seems like he's all right in this movie. Probably should get an Oscar nomination for this then. <laughs> Can you imagine? Point Break, Oscar award winning movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have a, a surprise category that I, I'm including just for this this pod and it's worst haircut. Mm. And I know we all said, like, Johnny Utah has great hair. <clears throat> Bodie has great hair. But you know who doesn't have great hair? Tone, who's Anthony Kiedis. Yes. War Child, whose name in real life is Vincent Klein and does not have a picture on IMDb. <laughs> and Bunker, the other guy from the crew. So if you guys would like me to paint the picture of what their hair looks like, I can do that. I mean, Tone has, Anthony Kiedis has, like, Long hair, but it's like shaved on the sides, almost like a Native American, mm. like stereotypical Native American haircut, mm. like warrior. It's bad. War Child has like the white guy perm, but it's like also like kind of a little bit of a jerry curl. <laughs> it's weird. And then Bunker has like a mullet with bangs, but then shaved on the side. And I believe it's also braided. Damien, 
as a man who's had the same haircut, I think like forever, which one of these haircuts is the worst haircut? For a while anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can remember distinctly the dude with the braids and it just seemed like 90s. It's screaming. And bangs. 90s. Yeah. He has bangs. Screaming yeah. 90s. Okay. Um, so, I, so I might just go with that one. War Child's hair is pretty bad though, right? It just is always wet. Yeah, I feel like it fit though, just being like the surfer guy, and I don't know for some reason I saw it and didn't, I didn't think anything of it. He's the one dude who's like the least actual believable like surfer out of everybody in this movie to me. Yeah, like I think Laurie Petty is more of a believable surfer than Warchild. Oh, he looks like why. a surfer to me. All right, I just never seen a dude that looks like that surfing. He looks like he'd be in like MMA now. Yes. Right. Yeah. Tyler, who's got the worst haircut? I'm going Anthony Kiedis tone. It's the the little sliver of hair over the ears. Whatever it's that bad, is. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Why is Anthony Kiedis and and Flea getting like movie roles in the nineties? Like where why those two out of all the people who are in music, why are those two fucking guys getting getting movie roles? They had Flea is in like a lot of stuff. Yeah, like Back to the Future 3, which I watched. Back to the Future 3. Yeah. He is in, he's also in Back to the Future 2, Tyler. That's true. As Needles. He's also in yes. Son-in-Law as the tattoo artist. You pick it, I stick it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also in... Uh, you did not watch Back to the Future 3, by the way. I did. Okay, that's a different podcast. All right, yeah, I, I understand how bad Tone and Bunker's hair is. Bunker's hair is particularly bad because of the... the, the uh, the bangs, War Child's hair is fucking terrible to me. <laughs> and it's like the most non, non-aggressive out of the group. It just looks terrible. That whole dude, that dude's whole vibe offends me. <laughs> like the name, the over, over like how tan he is, probably wears a Speedo. He gives the worst line of the movie where Keanu Reeves is like, hey, Johnny Utah, like, is this where you tell me yuppie, yada, yada, yada? And he's like, no, this is where we fuck you up. Yeah. It's just the most... <laughs> unbelievable line ever delivered in any movie ever actually right before that is the worst line ever anthony kiedis that would be a waste of time it's <laughs> um, essentially is what he says and it's terrible okay that whole crew gives terrible lines all right does this still hold up um the one thing again that takes me out of the movie the most is the surfing yes and it's because especially in hd you can tell it's not them it's really surfers people are really surfing that ain't Bodie. And that sure as fuck isn't Keanu Reeves. And to Damien's point, almost every location they're at, that's not what the surf looks like in those locations. So that that all takes me a bit out of the movie and doesn't hold up well. Tyler, do you have anything you want to add? It's the surfing, particularly Keanu's, the, the parts where you it is him and he's fallen and, and all that. It's, it's the worst. All right, Damien? Yeah, I, I have to do the same thing. That's That's got to be the number one. This still holds up. So I think that still holds up in the movie. Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, and the simplicity of the movie. I think those three, three things still really hold up. The movie's not, it's not a, uh, a convoluted story. Good runtime. Feels a, could be a little shorter. I mean, it's over two hours. It's right around two hours. Um, but I think those th- three things really hold up, specifically Keanu and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Damien? Yeah, totally agree. Keanu and Patrick Swayze definitely hold up. I do like the simplicity, although it's 
juxtaposed with the runtime, which is too long. This should be an hour and a half long movie. Um, yeah. I don't know where they would trim it, though. Like, the overall runtime does feel long, but I don't know what you cut out because nothing sticks out to me like we don't need that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd have to, you know, I'd have yeah. to sit down and really think about it, but it just, it's really long for what it is. Like, it's, it, it shouldn't be simple and that long. All the war yeah, child feel- stuff, the, the raid on the house, those people don't need to be in the movie. You True. could make you could make them still be searching for Bodhi and his crew without introducing an alternate crew that it might be. That's that's ten minutes right there, probably. Yeah, but you that that part leads to Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna say it leads to him getting his knee hurt, but it doesn't. Um I think you could kind of maybe cut the fat a little bit on the whole ending, like the third act. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm of them again skydiving for the second time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the airport scene and the scene in the in the um bank when when Johnny Utah's with them that feels long. Mm-hmm. Like they can and it could feel long cuz there's there's a fair bit of slow motion. They use a bit of a bit of slow motion probably too much. That could be a little shorter I think. Yeah. But I don't know where you would cut 30 full minutes off. Yeah, I feel like, no, I feel like I was just thinking about it. Like, I feel like you're just gonna have to cut it from, you know, a few areas here and there and, and yeah. just shorten it down a little bit. Cause it, it does feel really long. I mean, it does have kind of two endings, mm-hmm. you know, you have the, the ending of them landing and him getting Tyler back. And then you have the ending at Bell's beach. The Bell's beach scene is very long too. Yeah. It feels long, but I don't think it's actually that long. All right. Would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? I think yes. And I think he should play harp. Mm-hmm. He could also probably play, play Pappas, probably play uh, Gary Busey's character, but I think that the the dynamic of Johnny Utah being pretty mellow and Pappas being like fucking crazy, I think what plays well, and I don't think you really get that from many other people besides uh, Gary Busey. And Busey is just playing himself, right? He's not. I don't know. He's acting, right? Tyler. Yeah, I, I would say have him play Pappas and you could still have him be a bit over the top in moments instead of all the time. Like Busey was, it seemed like that'd be the place where he would fit best. All right. Damien. Yeah. I think that you, I think, let's see the, what's his name? The, the chief guy. Harp. Harp. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think he feels like the easiest, easiest swap because there was no real benefit to Harp playing the over-the-top ridiculous angry like it didn't further the movie in any way so i feel like you could swap with a gary oldman performance and and he would totally work and it wouldn't take away from the movie and potentially add to it my only thing is like as much as i don't like harp in the movie i kind of do like he his his over-the-top like dickishness makes albeit cliche, like kind of works in the tone of the movie. Right. I don't know if you take him out. I mean, he doesn't lend, he doesn't like push the movie forward, obviously like his, he's not giving the other actors or other characters like motivation of doing what they're doing, but I just think he kind of fits the tone. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it fits the tone of, of the era in which the movie was made. 
furthering yeah. that cliche, but it doesn't make the movie any better. Sure. I mean, this, this, this character is in, still in movies today. Like this is the the fucking tale as old as time is the 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 over the top fucking police, uh, boss whoever it is right yeah it's just just it's in, it's in like Beverly Hills Cop it's in Bad Boys it's in fucking everything it's in like almost every action movie yep. it's in it's in Die Hard mm-hmm. yeah right the 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 what's his name the dude the principal from fucking Breakfast Club. <laughs> All right, most memorable line. You guys ready? Here's the first one. Hey, you're a real blue flame special, aren't you, son? Young, dumb, and full of cum. I know. What I don't know is how, how you got yourself assigned out here to Los Angeles with us. I mean, how? I guess we just must have ourselves an asshole shortage, huh? All right, Damien, you, did you Google what a blue, uh, what does he say? Yeah, a, uh, a real blue flame special is? No, I'm not going to Google that. All right, here's the next one. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. I feel like that's some shit that Damien would say. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very philosophical. It's very, um, <laughs> um, oh my god, it's very uh, Splinter esque. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Splinter said that? I mean, I could see it. Oroko, was it Oroko Saki? Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Utah, give me two. I have said that in real life. Specifically for meatball sandwiches? Yeah. I might have said that to my grandma. <laughs> Damien, you've never said that? Uh, yeah, for sure I've said that. Yeah, give me two. <laughs> All right, next one. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. Oh, God, it's cringy. Who? It's. I don't think it's cringy. I don't either. Who else could have given a line like that? I that sounds know. dumb. It's like the whoa line in the Matrix, right? Like, who else is giving that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I like that it. Seems, that seems silly to say, like, there are no other actors <laughs> who could give a line like that. I'm saying who else makes a, a corny-ass line, delivers it probably poorly, but is so memorable. All right, last one for me, guys. Ready? Vaya yep. con Dios. Now, remember when I said that the, the gif that I have sent the most is Johnny Utah giving the thumbs up? I lied. That's the gif I've sent the most. Mm. I know I've sent that to, ta- to Damien for sure. Absolutely. Like you and I, I think specifically like when you were traveling to Mexico City, you may have gotten that gif from me. Yes. Um, more than one occasion I received that gif from you. Absolutely. Do you guys have any other lines you want? Because this movie actually has like some funny, I think, some memorable and funny lines. Tyler? The one I have uh, is, uh, this is for little rubber people who don't shave yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sex. All right, baby. Damien? The only one that I might add is, I'm so hungry I could eat the ass end out of a dead rhino. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't tell you. But it seems... I- it was delivered perfectly by Gary Busey, mm-hmm. and I believe it. <laughs> yeah, like that's probably not in the script. Yeah, that, it seems like it very well, well might have been improv. I also like the, the, the line he gives when he's showing him the sex wax. And Johnny Utah asks, like, are you into kinky shit? And instead of Pappas saying no, not anymore, he's like, not yet. 
Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Not yet. It's open-minded. Uh, yeah, yeah. I also like the the little uh, dialogue between Johnny Utah and the, and the like the twelve year old he's buying the surfboard from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, surfing's the source, and yeah. and it's never too old. And he's like, I'm 25. And he's like, Yeah, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> never, you're never too old. There's still time. Like, fuck that little grommet, dude. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Just saying. All right, uh, for I do I don't know I got to go with either, <laughs> get me two or I'm an FBI agent. Yeah, good lines. Do you have a favorite, Damien? I'm I might go with get me two. It's the best. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Tyler, it's the little rubber people. All right, a few more categories here, gentlemen. Uh, do you have an answer? So I want to know if either one of you can answer this for me. And the first question I already asked, it's why does Johnny Utah go undercover as Johnny Utah? Like, what the fuck? And I think we all said we don't have an answer for that. Um, when Bodie, and this Damien kind of touched on this a little bit ago, when Bodie shows up to Johnny's house for the first time, when they're going to go do like early morning surfing, right? Before he knows he's an FBI agent. Johnny grabs the, his fucking alarm clock, which is, a, which is a football helmet, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it says it's 4.56 in the morning. But when he answers the door, it's sunny as fuck. <laughs> like, it's, it, where on earth does that happen at 4.56 in the morning? Is any place on earth, okay, any place in the United States sunny at 4.56 in the morning? We're pretty close to it up in Seattle. Really? That's true, but yeah. not that early. Not 4.56. It's, it's not that early, but it's pretty early. No, in early. the summer, you guys are like probably 6 to 9 sunny. It's right now the sun rises at 5.33. This is 4.56 and the sun is blasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to have to right. be up in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Johnny Utah orders two meatball sandwiches, a tuna on wheat, and two lemonades. It's $7.84. <laughs> Has all of that shit ever been $7.84? Damien? Probably at some point. But in 1991. Was he buying all that shit in downtown LA for $7.84? Yeah, probably not. Tyler? I mean, I'd be happy to pay $7 for a, a lemonade right now. Right? Yeah. Like one sandwich and a lemonade right. is not seven eighty four. dollars So those are my questions. You guys didn't answer them for me, but I appreciate appreciate you trying. Samwise Gamgee Award for Biggest Wet Blanket. It's Harp. Yep. Yeah. There's nobody else in this movie that's a bigger wet blanket than Harp. For sure. All right. Movie real estate, best place to live. Not a lot of options here. So you have Bodie's Beach House, which you see for a second. Pretty baller, though. Yeah. Seems pretty nice. Appears to be right on the beach. It is a rental, though. Mm. So I'm just saying. Probably expensive. And War Child's Crack House. <laughs> probably don't want to live there. But it's in like a decent neighborhood, yeah. right? No HOAs. Clearly no HOAs. No. But the dude is just outside mowing the lawn like standard white guy living next to a crack house. Where they park on the fucking lawn. So maybe the neighborhood, but maybe not the house. Damien, you're going Bodie's Beach House, right? Yeah, that's probably... I mean, it's for sure a better choice than the crack house. So I think just based on that alone, I I might have to go with that. I mean, Johnny Utah's house does have black silk sheets, though. It's true. And a Sports Illustrated, like, fucking football helmet and the alarm clock. All right, Tyler. It's a beach house. It's good stuff. 
Yeah, it's got to be the beach house, right? Yeah. All right. What do you wish there was more of? Both of you guys already said, right? You wish there was more uh, more bank stuff. I do, yeah. I didn't put anything because I think I'm I'm good with the movie how it is. Yeah, like I said, I, th- I think the movie feels too long, but but if I had to add something, I yeah, I'm curious about more of the planning because I think the the baby driver comparison was a great one. There's let me let me ask you this though. They don't. We all know. I don't remember the first time I watched the movie. So I've always been like aware that Bodie is that they're that they're the the bank robbers, right? They're the ex presidents. But the first time you're watching this, where do they fit in more bank robbing things? Because they don't ever tell you. It's not ever. I'm just thinking. Maybe the first time you watch it, is it evident that they are the ex presidents? It's like where do you fit that in without giving away that's who it is? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if. If you're, we're going to break down like literally where we place these scenes, I I feel like I'm probably out because like I said, I think the movie is too long anyway. Okay. My thought would be like you can maybe more of the preparation of like getting to the bank robbing, more of like that, like the ride to it. Again, the town does a good job of that. Yeah. The, 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 the getting to the to and from the locations, right? You get more of that where this one, you don't really get too much of it. All right. Uh, the best. So Keanu Reeves, is this Keanu Reeves best movie? So before you answer Tyler and Damien, let me give you Keanu Reeves four year run here. 1990 Bill and Ted's 91 point break and bogus journey. 92 Dracula. He's terrible in that movie, but that movie is a big movie and 94 speed. Mm. Those are five movies in a span of four years that are all pretty big movies. Patrick Swayze. Let me give you his four-year run. Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost, Point Break. Wow. And then Catherine Bigelow, Point Break, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. Tyler, is this Keanu Reeves' best movie? No, not even close. Okay. It's Matrix. Not even close? Like, not even top three or four? It's, uh, it's, it may be top three, but it's Matrix number one by a mile. Speed number two, a very respectable two. And then this is probably number three. Over John Wick? Yeah, I saw the first one. It was good, but I like this one more. Okay. Yeah. Damien? Yeah, definitely not. I don't, And I wouldn't put him in a, this in the top three either. Okay. This is my favorite Keanu Reeves movie. It's not his best movie, though. Mm-hmm. But this is the movie, for whatever reason, that I enjoy the most. Um, I just happened to watch Speed like a couple of days ago and then watch this. Speed is a better movie, mm-hmm. but I enjoy this movie better than Speed. Sure. Hmm. Patrick Swayze, Tyler. No, I mean we've talked at length about how bad Roadhouse is, but I love that movie so much. <laughs> um, yep. Dirty Dancing is a really good movie too, so it's probably three. Ghost, I watched that recently. It's not a very good movie. Um, Academy Award performance in that movie. Yeah, I mean he's good in it. It's a good. It's a fine. Well, Whoopi movie. Goldberg won the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm going Roadhouse somehow. I would like to say Roadhouse as well, but I think I enjoy his performances, Bodie, the best out of all of them because it's such a small. Yeah. Like he's not in it much. His performance in Dirty Dancing is pretty good as well, but I don't think of him in Dirty Dancing for some reason. I think that is a, as a Jennifer Grey movie. Mm. Uh, it's probably Roadhouse. Damien. 
I don't know. I feel like I'm not an, an expert of Swayze films, and it's been a really long time. I'm I'm just gonna say no because it seems like there's too many other options, but I don't know how it rank the other ones. Have you not seen Roadhouse? No, we talked about this a long time ago. I never I never saw, it and I still haven't gone because it was it was just my <laughs> version of Fight Club and Back to the Future Three. You're gonna hate Roadhouse. There's zero chance. If you think this movie is cringeworthy, there's zero oh, yeah. chance you like yeah, Roadhouse. Zero that's, I think that's, that's part of the reason why I didn't watch yeah. as well. It's, if you go into it just realizing, look, this movie is going to be bad, but it's going to be such a good time. Yeah. That's all you have to realize. And Patrick Swayze is not terrible oh. in the movie. Okay. And Sam Elliott, remember how I said I had a man crush on, on Johnny Utah? Sam Elliott is like, was right yep. there in that movie. Yep. It's it's not good, though. But I enjoy the fuck out of it. All right, Catherine Bigelow, Tyler. No. Um, you know, I want to watch Zero Dark Thirty again. I feel like I want to say Hurt Locker was the better of the two movies. Um, but Zero Dark Thirty, also outstanding. Yep. But it's not this. Damien. <laughs> it's not this. Damien. Yeah, I didn't know, you know, at the start of this pod what else she had done, but based on what you told me, this is definitely not the top. Yeah, this is my f- personal, like, the movie I'd, I'd watch out of the group because The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty are not movies that I want to watch often. <laughs> True. Um, Zero Dark Thirty for everything, I think it's almost an impossible subject matter to make a movie about, mm. and it's fucking amazing to me. Uh, it's just a tough, tough subject matter for anybody to make a movie about and to get kind of universal, like both sides of the political spectrum to enjoy it. And Jessica Chastain gives an all-time performance in that. Her locker is amazing too. Um, Yeah. But Zero Dark Thirty, from everybody from like James Gandolfini giving a a fucking all-timer in it as a supporting actor, Chris Pratt being Mm -hmm. in it, like it's it's so good. Jason Clark gives a great performance. It's it's good, super good. But I don't want to fucking watch it again. Yeah. And I've watched it like two or three times and I'm probably pretty good. I own it, but it's like, I don't know when I'm ever going to be like, hey, I just want to watch this movie. Just throw this in casually. <laughs> the opening scene, I don't know if you guys remember, the opening scene of that movie is 911 calls, actual 911 calls oh, from 911, yeah. and it's just black. Jesus. It's fucking rough. Yeah. But Chastain gives an all timer in that. And how she didn't win the Academy Award that year over right. Jennifer Lawrence right. in fucking Silver Linings Playbook is baffling. I like that movie. Baffling. You can like it, mm-hmm. but guess who didn't give the performance right. that Jessica Chastain yeah. gave? Jennifer fucking Lawrence. Ah, what a doubt. Now I, I just feel bad. <laughs> Watch that. All right, whose movie is this? I think this is the most difficult question of any of the movies, this this question that I've asked for all of these long form podcasts, we've had a clear yes. This is who this is, whose movie this is. This is the most difficult to me. Damien, whose movie is this? I would agree. This feels this feels like it shouldn't be this difficult, but it was hard when I was thinking about it because it isn't. It doesn't really feel clear whose movie it is. So when the movie was was coming out promotional, uh, you heard on the trailer, right? It. Patrick Swayze's top build. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want Keanu Reeves in this movie. Like Catherine Bigelow fought for him to be in this movie, but he was like a nobody. They wanted people who had been in other movies. 
So it's hard. This is a hard one, right? So I'm sorry, I cut you off, but who is it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you cut me off because I kind of was just trailing off hoping you'd move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say is Patrick Swayze. Okay. Tyler? Yeah, I went Swayze too. Um, you mentioned that Keanu's on screen by far more than anyone else. But... Uh, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I th- partly because I think he gives a better performance too. And it's all centered around what he and his crew are doing and what his mission is at the end. So it feels like it's his movie. I think the reason I would agree with that it's Patrick Swayze is when you're thinking about Patrick Swayze's career, it's considerably less short. It's considerably shorter mm. than Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. You only have like maybe five movies you really think of, for me that you think of Patrick Swayze in. Keanu Reeves now at this point, you have so many movies. Mm-hmm. You probably have 10 movies you think about him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, Point Break is towards the top, but I know for a lot of people it is not. So for that reason, I think it's more of Patrick Swayze than it is Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Makes sense. But the movie f- is is about Johnny Utah though, right? Yeah. I understand the movie's about bank robbing surfers, but it's... It's 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 center it's centered around Johnny Utah. Mm-hmm. All right, Damien. Last question of the night. We end them all like this. Point Break. Seventy percent critics, seventy nine percent audience. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. And if you fucking say <laughs> overrated, I'm gonna somehow come through the screen and choke you to death <laughs> with your fucking white tank top. I wish you would, because then we could go get some Dairy Queen. <laughs> Is there Dairy Queens? Out in the, Seattle? Yeah, yeah. There's within within driving distance. We could be at a DQ. Yeah, I know. All right. So good news. It's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> you really think that? I think at that rating, it feels too high. It feels like 70%. That, it feels like that was rated, you know, that's like maybe the, the moment in time of when this came out or earlier. I know obviously there's been more reviews since then, but sure. It, you know, that feels like a very nostalgic rating of this. I feel like if you looked at this objectively, if you hadn't seen this before, that feels way too high. I don't think so, but okay. Tyler? I think if you take those two numbers and average them out, you get about 75. I'd give this movie about a 7.5 on a 10-point scale. And to me, that seems properly okay. rated. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fun, pretty good, you know, it's a good action movie. Especially for its era, so um, I'm down with it. I think that's a properly rated movie. I think, uh, for me, it's underrated because I enjoy it so much, but that's just me personally. For where it's at, 70%, 79%, I think if you look at the direction and the cinematography of this movie, you see the bones of someone who's going to be nominated for Academy Awards. I think the direction and what this movie looks like take the performances Mm -hmm. out. I'm talking about just like the cinema cinematography and the scope of mm-hmm. it. It looks good, man. Mm-hmm. And I was really drawn to that last night watching it more than anything else is about how there are scenes that look great. Color-wise, shot selection, everything. It looks good to me for a movie that it's about bank robbing surfers. It shouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. There should be nothing about this movie that's good. And somehow it's enjoyable. And I don't think is I know Damien thinks some there's some bad performances. I agree. There are some spots that are not great. But I think overall it works. So I think it, it's a bit 
it's 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 properly rated, but I think it could also be a little higher. Mm. Damien's so out right now. No, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's okay that we have different opinions on this. Yeah. Uh, I am really interested, though, that you don't think that it has, like, the bones of great direction. I don't know that I would say it has the bones. You could, there's some, like, early glimpses into what will develop into maybe a, a, a stronger direction style in some of her later movies. But there's a lot of pretty bad cuts and like like we said all the, the surfing stuff there's some pretty awful uh where they go back and forth when they're showing clips of water of they're looking at waves and they clip to somebody like dropping something in the water and they're clearly just dropping like in a puddle it's not even like at the beach yeah yeah um there's a bunch of just really kind of amateurish stuff in there 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 are that some could good be shots. editing though that could also be editing well somebody had to shoot it that well, that could also be the continuity of of shooting schedule when they how long they had the actors for. That could be the budget. There could be a, a number of different reasons for that. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, anything could be any of these other roles. Like if sure. we're only talking about like this, the director, then then that's yeah. what I have to go off of. I think you look at that eight minute scene where they're chasing each other, and that is the bones of a of a of a really good director in the future yeah that's what i'm saying like i i personally just wouldn't call it the bones because it doesn't feel like everything it feels like through that one shot it's like okay i get it there's there's something here um and this is very cool and it's technically complex this is going to develop into you know her style later into some good, yeah. very good movies this is only her second movie i believe wow yeah. I believe her first movie was Blue Steel, Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis, no. which is a terrible movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, I think for somebody who's a their second movie and is largely in the shadow of her husband at the time, mm-hmm. who's James Cameron, yeah. who's a fucking shitbird. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. And I don't. To be clear, I guess I don't. I don't think that I've. I don't think the movie is like wildly overrated. You know, this is sure. not like a 40% movie or a 50% movie or anything like that. I don't think Yeah, I just, it just, it feels a little high. I think this movie we're talking about road. We and we can wrap it up after this. I think we're talking about roadhouse and roadhouse is an objectively bad movie, but I enjoy it for what it is. I don't think this is a bad mm-hmm. movie. I think you can say you enjoy it and that there are parts of this movie that are really enjoyable and they're, and are good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Die Hard? No, it's not Die Hard. Definitely not. But Die Hard also, you get two fucking all-timer performances. Yeah. I don't know that you're getting a great, you know, some great direction. I think you're giving, you're you're getting Alan Rickman, never been in a movie, giving literally an all-time performance. And Bruce Willis fucking just hanging on for dear life, also giving a good performance, but not in the same level that Alan Rickman is. Yeah. So, all right, guys. I'm pumped like- you guys just wanted to do this. This was on this was on my list for a long time. You guys all know how much I love this movie. So you do. I'm pumped we got it out of the way. So Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't even go so far as to say is we got it out of the way. Like it was fun to, to talk about it. And it was interesting to do the like more critical watch of it and think about it in a different way. But I do think that this episode might be a competitor for the longest non Rob Leonard episodes. <laughs> yeah. I mean it it 
we recorded for a little bit before before we actually went live, and we have a little some some stuff to cut out, some behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. But it'll be all right. It's not not terribly long. No, no, no. no. This is not going to be much longer than the fucking pop culture news pod we just did. It's true. It was a long one too. Which those are an hour, and that one was two. Yep. Yep. Greg was bringing heat he in was. that one, man. He was fired up. Fired up. Great performance by not performance. You don't want to say performance, but but great great job by by Greg and Ricky. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Damien and I are just hanging you out. You guys are shitty. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You were fucking war child and you were heart. <laughs> Dude, saying I was war child is probably the nicest thing you've ever said <laughs> to true. me. I mean, there's a lot of other people I'd rather that are lower than war child, I think, in this, in this movie. True, true. Did we not even talk about Tom Sizemore? Yeah, man. I forgot all about Tom Sizemore. <laughs> well, He's in this movie for... for 30 seconds and I've never understood how Tom Sizemore was considered like one of these great actors. Oh, he's good. Then became, you know, like a crackhead prostitute, uh, loving man. Yeah. But he just plays Tom Sizemore in every movie. He's great in Saving Private Ryan. He's great in Heat. Like, Mm -hmm. I know you haven't watched it. He's fucking great in Heat. I watched that one tonight. Like, Heath, real quick, and we will cut off after this, but like, Heat is not that far off from like Point Break, obviously. I know. Completely different scope of the movies, level of acting, but, you know, heist movies. Tom Sizemore sees Robert De Niro in a scene with him, and he's never in a scene with Pacino, but he's got De Niro in a bunch of scenes with him. And in his mind, he thinks he's at the level of Robert De Niro, and he's going for yeah. it. And some of the times it really works, and some of the times you're like, yeah, tone it down a, a, a bit. <laughs> but in that movie, he's like, I'm as good as Robert De Niro, and I'm going to show you right now. <laughs> And there's one scene specifically that he's fucking so good in. That's awesome. But I've just never been a massive fan of Tom Sizemore. Mm. And you know how I feel about Saving Private Ryan. Yep. It's whatever. Whatever. It gets the meh. The meh. Another Vin Diesel movie. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Fuck. R.I.P. Adam Goldberg in that movie. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Again, this was a fun one. This will this will rival the least amount of downloads I think we get. Happy Gilmore <laughs> was by far the least downloads we've gotten in a long uh-huh. time. So I'm I'm hoping this surpasses. And if it doesn't, like sometimes you just got to do a movie you want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? It can't all be for the masses. That's sometimes the whole you just want to talk show. about your friends about War Child. Exactly. <laughs> and see Damien in a white tank top talking about gold friends. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, this was fun. We'll do it again, all right? All righty. All right, everyone, that is the Point Break podcast. Thanks to Damien and Tyler for being on. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Always ask for those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That helps us grow. Great review. Subscribe on any of the platforms you're listening to us on. Always give us a follow on Instagram at The Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at Morning Geekdom. Always shoot us an email, morninggeekdom at gmail.com, and we'll do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman.